0: I'd like to welcome anybody out there who's joining us in Facebook land. Uh, we are in week two of our series, Mission Possible. Last week, we looked at a church that loves. Today is titled, A Church That Does. We're going to be mostly in James chapter 2, uh, verses 14 through 26, but we'll hop around to a lot of different places, so those scriptures will be up on the screen. Uh, one of the greatest lessons that I've ever been taught uh, was taught by my mother, and um, she, I would call her all the time, right? And I would tell her at the end of the phone call, I love you. And she wouldn't always say, I love you back. And so one day I called her and I was like, mom, you never tell me you love me back. Why don't you tell me that? And she got kind of emotional and she said, well, to be honest, I've had a lot of people in my life tell me that they love me over and over and over again, but they never actually showed me that that was true. And so It's not that I don't love you, and it's not that I don't want to say it, but I just want you to know by the way that I treat you and by the things that I do for you and the way that I live my life that you're loved. And she's like, do you doubt that? And I told her, no, I didn't. And it was one of those things that was... uh, Really profound for me because you can tell somebody over and over and over and over and over again that you love them, but real love, true love, actual love is shown through our actions and our behavior. The way that we treat other people shows that we love them, not just that we can say those three words. You can tell people that you love them until you are blue in the face, and you should, I think, I mean, I I think that you should tell people you love them as often as you feel that way, but. I also think that if you are not backing those words up by the way that you are living your day-to-day life with them, that you are doing yourself and them a huge disservice. Even more than, than telling people that we love them, we should always aim to show a person that we love them through our actions, okay, through our actions. In Matthew seven, fifteen through 19, there's a scripture that tells us to beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves, fruits. Now, this specific passage I just read, it is discussing false prophets. And while love and being a false prophet are completely different ends of the spectrum, there's a principle here that applies in both areas, that people will know you by the fruit that you bear, right? People will know you not just by your words, not by the things that you say, not by the claims that you make, but by what what actually comes out of you, and, and by the actions that you perform on your day-to-day basis, that's how people will know who you are. They will know that you are a loving person. They will know that we are a loving church based on what it is that we do out in the world. And so Christian, non-Christian, friend and foe, we must show them that we are loving individuals. And so in order to be a church that loves, we have to be a church that does. We have to be a church that's moving. We have to be a church that's in the community. We have to be a church that's serving others. We have to be a church that is consciously taking steps to go outside of our four walls to make an impact, a loving impact on the world around us. So if we want to be known for being a loving church, if we want to be known for the way that we love others, then we have to do more than just say, we love you. Okay. We have to do more than say, we just love you. And that's very simply because love is a verb. Love is a verb. It's an action word. There used to be these commercials when I was growing up uh, that tried to encourage kids to be more active. And I'd watch them in between the shows I was uh, watching while I was eating Uh, Hot pockets and pizza rolls and all other kinds of things that would say, verb yourself, right? Verb yourself. Find your verb. Go running, go hiking, go swimming. And I'll be like, I'll turn on a video game. I can do all those things. Uh, Didn't get this big by accident. Just kidding. But uh, love is an action word. It requires us to actually do, it requires us to move. You can't just. Love is not a, a thing. It, it is a, a movement. I want Cross Point to be known as a church that does. I want you as individuals. I myself want to be known as, as a person who is loving others through the way that he is living his life. In James two fourteen through 26, a bit of a long passage, but it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food... And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. What good is it to tell somebody that you love them if you're not actually loving them in the day to day? What good is it to to roll down your window and tell a homeless person, hey, God loves you without putting some change in their pocket or some food in their hand, right? Right? That, that's just empty words. It doesn't mean anything. Continuing in verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well, but even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, person, that faith apart from works is useless? What Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar was not Abraham our father justified. You see that faith was active along with works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We can say all day long that we have faith. Faith is simply a belief that something is or someone is what they say they are. Okay, So having faith in God is simply saying, hey, I believe that he's God. But scripture makes it very clear that even demons believe that God is God. The difference between us and demons is all about the choices that we make, the way that we choose to act out in the world. Demons know that he is God and don't let that affect their actions. We should know that he is God and let that change the way that we live every day. Every day. Everything we do should have that influence of, I'm doing this because this is what I think God would want from me. Right? How is this pleasing to God? How is this moving the kingdom forward? How am I, What if it's even just, hey, how am I... Um, making the kingdom look right now? How am I making Jesus look right now by just the way that I'm acting or the things that I'm saying or the music that I'm listening to or the fact that uh, when I roll up to the, the corner and there's somebody there that says homeless and hungry, I look straight forward and, and insist I'm not even looking at him so I don't have to feel guilty about not helping him out. How do we deal with that? To say that we are a person of faith, we must have action. Our faith, that statement, it's justified. It's proved right by what we do. It's proved right by what we do. We have to be a church that is moving. Okay? We are a church right now that is giving We are a church right now that is giving, and in a way, that is movement. I'm not not discounting that. We give money to a lot of great causes, and we support a lot of great causes. And when we see a need, we fulfill that need. But I think the next step for us is to actually get out of our seats and move forward. That's the next step for us as a church. Scripture implores us to take action. Scripture implores us to take action. In James 1, 22, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What good is hearing the word? What good is having the knowledge of Christ if we don't let that impact the way that we live our lives? What good is that if it doesn't affect the way that we live? What if it doesn't change us? What's the point? 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor Uh, to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. See what they're saying here, this passage, right? It's talking about how the rich should be rich in the way that they bless the world around them, right? Again, this isn't demanding that they be rich. It's not legislating that, that they be good to the world around them. It's not legislating that they give more or do more. It's not saying that. It's just saying for those that have been blessed with much, they should be blessing the world around them with the plenty that they have. And it goes on to say that that's how they store up riches for themselves. That, that's their foundation. That's where uh, the storehouse is. It, it, it's in doing good for others that we build our, our own kingdom, that we build our good reputation, that we build our future. Because that's the stuff that's mat- that matters. That's the stuff that will last. That's the stuff that Jesus sees and says, hey, that's important. Each one of us All of us have been blessed to different degrees, okay? Each one of us is rich in our own ways, whether that is money, whether that is talents, whether that is time. There's a million different ways that we have been blessed, things that make us rich beyond what money could ever do. It is important that we bless the world out of those riches. So if you have a lot of time, you should give of your time. If you have a talent, then you should give of your talent. If you have some extra money laying around, you should give of your money. I'm not saying to me, I'm not saying to the church, I'm saying that you should find a cause that you are passionate about, that you love, and you should support it. Whether that's a single mother that lives two doors down from you that you know is struggling to buy groceries, or that's some other organization out there that needs help with whatever cause. Okay, But we should be blessing the world through the bountifulness of how we have been blessed. To whatever degree that is, in whichever way that is, we should be using the things that we have been gifted to move in our world. What did Jesus tell the disciples before he went to heaven? Go and make disciples. Go, another verb, another action word. Go, move, right? Go make a difference. Go infiltrate the rest of the world. Be influencers on those around you. Show them Christ's love by the way that you live their lives, by the message of your words, by, by the decisions that you make. These are things that we are supposed to be doing. In 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, it says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you At the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Notice the first step of being holy like Christ tells us to prepare our minds for action. To prepare our minds to do. Knowing Jesus must change the way that we live our life. We must prepare our minds to be people of action. It is holy to act. It is holy to move. It's sinful to live a life where we're not loving the world around us. We're not loving the world around us. Right? It's the defining characteristic of God, and therefore it must be a defining characteristic of us. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Right? He moved, He took action. He, he didn't just sit by and, and let us go, right? He, he's in the world. He's moving. He, he's, he's influencing. He's changing. He's molding. God didn't just say, here's his creation. Good luck. It's our job to, to take up that cross, to, to have the same character of Christ, to say that I'm not just going to let the world around me just go, Without trying to make a positive impact, without trying to, to make a difference, without trying to do good. John one three seventeen through eighteen. But if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God love? How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. I don't know if you felt challenged today. That hasn't necessarily been the goal. But I am going to ask you right now. Can I can I challenge you guys a little bit? Can I challenge you just a little bit? I'm going to just a little bit. And I want you, I hope you know that it's coming from a place of love. In no way is there any anger behind it. In no way um, is there me trying to, to guilt you into living a different life. But I just want to put a truth before you. Okay, I just want to put a truth before you because I love you and because I want what I feel is best for you to happen in your life, okay? So here it is. It's not about you. It's not about you. Being a loving person, being a person that does, being a loving church, being a church that does, it's not about you, not about me. It's not about any of us. See, here's the thing. As a church, we have tried to partner with a wide range of organizations in the hopes that something that we have done in in hopes that one of the groups that we partnered with would tickle your fancy uh, just a little bit and and help you find a passion within it and encourage you to move in that way. But I'm also here to tell you that to love, to act, it's not about you. It's about other people, right? And I hope that you're kind of hearing me clear about this. Serving isn't about I'm serving because it makes me feel this way. That's a great benefit of it, right? Like Jerick and I served at the community kitchen uh, a few weeks ago, and um, it wasn't about us. We were there to serve breakfast for uh, people that live in Republic who struggle at times to find a meal, and, and we were there working and doing dishes and cooking and serving, and when I left, I felt awesome. I'll just be honest. I felt great. Like, I I was on cloud nine, endorphins were flowing. It was as good as getting a good run in or hitting a hard workout. Um, believe it or not, I do do that in life, even though I joke about never doing stuff like that. And, and the endorphins, you know, if you've ever done that, you just a hard day's work, right? Or, or a day where you've accomplished a lot, you're feeling really good. Your endorphins are flowing and, and you're just feeling on top of the world, like, man, I've done so much and it's been good. When I left that day, it was as good as any feeling that I've ever felt in my entire life. And that was a great benefit. But at the end of the day, I wasn't there serving because I would get that feeling. In fact, I, if it hadn't been for the fact that I'd served before, I wouldn't have known that that feeling was going to come. But I wasn't there today, that day to say, man, by the end of this, I'm going to feel really good when I leave, and I'm going to be able to pat myself on the back, and I'll be able to check this off my list, and I'll be able to you know, feel so good about how I've been serving the people around me. No. I was there to show the love of Jesus to other people through providing a meal, right? It was a couple hours of one Saturday of my entire year. And I was there. And it was fantastic. And it wasn't about me at all. And yet, somehow, I still benefited from it. We have 24 opportunities throughout our year With just the community kitchen alone, for you to get involved for a couple hours, either on a Tuesday night or a Saturday morning, to say, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to serve. and Zero experience required. They walk you through everything. Do this, do that, right? This is how we do the dishes, clean up, take trash out. Like, it's stuff you do at your house all day long. So here's the challenge part. I find it hard to believe that we can't find one opportunity out of 24 to step out and say, hey, I'm going to put everything else on the back burner just for this couple hours, and I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to go do it. But here's the truth about it. It's literally the same couple people, and I'm not including myself in that, okay? I'll be honest, and this is me as your pastor saying I need to be better. I'll be honest. It was kind of an abnormality for me to be there because I'm not at Community Kitchen every week, serving every week. I'm just not. That's the truth, okay? I've done it twice since the time I've been here, That's probably not enough, okay? But usually it's the same people every single week that are there both nights, that are there or or night and morning. They're there on Saturday morning and they're there on Tuesday night. I get that you can't make every opportunity. I get that you're busy. I get that sometimes work gets in the way. Maybe you can do a Saturday morning. Maybe you can find a way to do a Tuesday night, even if you show up late one of those times, okay? Is this a, hey, I'm gonna hand out the sign up sheet now and everybody sign up for a day? no. Okay, I'm not here to to guilt you in or twist your arm or anything like that. I just want you to tell you that it's a good thing and there's the opportunity to do it and you will leave feeling blessed and we should be doing things like that. And hey, guess what? Maybe you are doing things like that that we don't see. You know what you should be doing? Telling us about it so we can get involved with you. Hey, I didn't do the communication, but I do this thing on, on Thursday nights where we go and sweep up a nurse. I mean, I'm I'm making something up off the top of my head, right? But maybe there's something in your life that you're super passionate about that you do all the time that is a service and we just need to know about it so we can join you, right? I'm here. I'm I'm trying to offer this up as encouragement. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm beating you over the head or I'm, I'm making you feel guilty. That's not my point. I want to be so clear about that, that it's not my point. My point is not to make you feel guilty. My point is not to make you feel bad. My point is just to say that I know that in some way, shape, or form that you have been blessed. And I know because of that that you can be a blessing to others. And I want you to be that blessing to others because I think that Scripture clearly states that that's what we're supposed to be. I think that Scripture clearly states that we're supposed to be people of action, that we're supposed to be doing. Guys, we we partnered with Sunshine Manor. That's even outside of our four normal mission partners. And we do things, yeah, it's it's for the kids and we take the kids and listen, if we the kids are there and you're there, the kids are going to get more attention than you because they're cute and funny and the older people like them and that's fine, but you can come too. And we've played bingo and that's been a blast and we took the kids just to do some trick-or-treating and that was fun and they enjoy it and, and they still talk to you about it. Uh, talk to us about it to this day. And Ann, who's normally here, I'm assuming because of the weather, she's not, but Ann's, you know, you've seen her, she sits up here, has the walk. She She's from that, that connection. Because of the connection we made there, she has started to come to church here at Crosspoint. And there's opportunities to serve there all the time. And, and there's things that we can do all over the place. And I just think that it's time to Get the thought of, well, this is not convenient for me or this doesn't work with my schedule outside of our heads. I understand busy. I get busy, okay? I worked on the masters, pastor this church been in a first year of teaching position really twice because last year I taught science for the first time. And this year I'm doing special ed for the first time and they're so drastically crazy different. And any teacher will tell you that your first year you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, just trying to survive. And I've been in that mode now for three years. So I get it and I get busy, okay? And I'm not even trying to compare you to me, but I, I, I'm just saying that we all have a time. We all have a talent. We all have something that we can do. And I just want us to be a church that does because God has made such a huge impact on my life and changed so many things for me. And he's done that through the way that he has loved me. And I just think that, man, if I could even do a a thousandth, a millionth of what God has done for me, for other people, just through the things that I do, then man, isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it? You know, I bought gas for that individual and it was about 20, 30 bucks and hey, that's one less time I get to eat out this month. I'm doing fine. I'll be okay. Right? Or it's whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a sacrifice. I double quotations because it's not really a sacrifice. It's just changed. But it's a sacrifice. But we can make those sacrifices. The sentiment that, hey, that doesn't really work for me, it doesn't compute. And this is what I'll say. Last thing I'm going to challenge you on. If you wouldn't tell God that to his face, Right? If God asks you to do something, you say, man, it doesn't really work for me. I'm busy. If you wouldn't tell that to God, to his face, then that shouldn't be your reason for not doing something. I'll just be real honest about it. Okay? I'm not saying that all 40 to 50 of us that are here this morning, kids included, that we have to be at Community Kitchen every time. That would be too many people. We'd be falling over everybody else and it'd be like, what are you guys all doing here? Right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we have to do everything that comes across our way and I'm not saying that we can't ever say no and I'm not saying that you're not ever really truly too busy. Not saying that either. I'm just saying that I know that all of us can find some time on some day during some week to do something that's not about us. To show others that they are loved and to show others that our God loves Don't have to be at every event. Don't have to give to every cause. But shouldn't you be at some of them? And I'm not just talking about our church events. I, I'm just talking about opportunities as well. You don't, ha, you don't have to do everything, but shouldn't you be doing something? And you don't have to give to every cause, but shouldn't you be giving to something? I don't know. I don't know. Community Kitchen, I Pour Life, Nightlight, Pregnancy Resource Center, Sunshine Manor, Come up with your own. Get people from church involved. Be passionate about it. Make a poster. Go up to individuals one-on-one and say, hey, I'm doing this. I want you to come do it with me. But let's be a church that puts our money more than our money. Let's be a church that puts more than our money where our mouth is. Because I'll say this, pound for pound, I think we are one of the most generous churches that I've ever been a part of. I do not question the fact that you have generous hearts. And I may not even be talking. There may be people that aren't here that need to hear this. And hopefully they're hearing it through the Facebook live feed, okay? I know that we are a generous church. But it's my job as your pastor to challenge you to grow. So I know that we are generous with our money. And I know that we will give. And I could bring a cause up here today and say, hey, I find this to be really important. And I think that God wants us to do that. And I have no doubt that we would probably fully fund it and it would be fantastic, okay? I don't doubt your hearts for one moment. I just want to make sure that we are putting more than our money where our mouth is. That when we say that we want to love Republic and love the world around us, that we are doing that by the way we live. And I I can't speak for anybody else, but I want to hear about it. When you do something, I want to know. It encourages me, it makes me feel good, it makes me proud. I don't consider that bragging on your part. Tell me, tell me all about it. Okay. But I I just think that we need to be a church that's moving and encouraging and, and being what God fully wants us to be. And hopefully you can get behind that. Hopefully you can get jazzed up and excited about that. And we can turn this year. Guys, I typed up the, the giving letter. I'm going way long, and I'm sorry. Phil, you may have to cut out a song. I don't know. Maybe I'll sing one up here while I'm here. I, I typed out uh, the giving letter last night for, for the year of 2019. For anybody who's been just amazing enough to, to give to Crosspoint, I, we are somewhere, we are at a point that's beyond maybe what our wildest dreams ever thought we would be. I'll just be honest about it. The generosity here has been Amazing. And we have made such great strides as a church in this last year. We really have. I just think that now it's time for us to start moving further, growing more, and maybe just some different directions so that we can be the fullness of what the church is supposed to be. And that's all that today is about. Do I expect you to... Do I expect Clyde and Maxine, who aren't here today to go to the community kitchen and stand on their feet for two and a half hours? and No, not at all. Guys, I'm not asking you to do anything that you can't do. When it comes down to it, that's your conscience and that decision is between you and God of what you can manage and what you can't manage. And in no way, shape, or form am I wanting anybody to harm themselves or hurt themselves, whether financially or physically, to do these things. I'm not asking that. But at the end of the day, At the end of the day, we've just got to be people who are godly, and to be godly is to be moving. Let me pray just really quick. God, I come to you right now, and uh, I hope that uh, this message was received and the way that it needed to be, the way that I wanted it to be. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm beating up on them or that I'm trying to guilt them uh, into anything. I really want this morning to be an encouragement because I know how much you love us and I know what an impact that's made on my lives and on lives around this room. Uh, I know how much serving and, and being active in the community has been good for me. And I know that I need to do it way more um, I just want everybody to have that experience, to to know what it feels like to move for the kingdom, to know what it feels like to put yourselves on the back burner and, and and put others first. And I don't think that anybody in here would make a conscious decision to be selfish in that way. And I don't even know if selfish is the right word. I'm not accusing anybody of that. I I just want this to be so clear that this honestly is is about love. It's about a desire for to see others live their best lives, so to speak. To, to see others live in the fullness of what it means to be a Christian. To see others just be overwhelmed by being able to be a part of moving God's kingdom forward. At the end of the day, that's why I want to be a church that does so that we're growing spiritually and that we're growing in our relationship with you and that we're just making the impact on the world that we have the opportunity to make. God, move us, guide us, encourage us, empower us, fill us with the Spirit, make us go. I ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.